Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, William Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan. Hello. I've called myself William today. I don't know why I did that. Maybe I'm in trouble with myself. Is it because you're sat in your pants, Will? It's probably because I'm sat in my pants because it's so warm in here. And if someone walked in and wondered, oh, are they recording a podcast or are they getting intimate with each other? Who knows? But I am in my pants because I get I get really really warm at this time because mm-hmm. everything's just overheated. Yeah, like it's winter in England now as we're recording this, and and I I was in Waitrose and it was just the heating was on full blast, and then I'm in here and it was on full blast. I just get boiling hot. Well, listen, it hasn't stopped you wearing gloves and a hood though in the ocean right now. It hasn't, dude. And, and I'm sat in my jeans. <laughs> I know it's a funny one, this isn't it? Because you you're the hard norther and you wear well, you don't wear gloves. I do wear gloves probably from. The next two or three weeks, I'll start wearing gloves Bad again. I couldn't do that. I yeah. get badger hand. Have you mm. heard of that? Yeah. Well, you, ha- you get like yeah. these claw fingers yeah. and you can't really clasp the water. It's caught me, it nearly caught me out a couple of times, actually, mm. where I've, g- I've gone just even 10 minutes too long without mm. gloves and the paddle in is quite tricky. Interesting. And <laughs> yeah. then here's the thing. Mm. Then t- try and be dexterous. Yes. Taking your wet uh, yeah. buttons off yes. with, with badger claw. Mm-hmm. And when you've got Impossible. proper badger claw, try and take a wee. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah. Can't get hold of it. Trying to do your surf lock to the combination code. Oh, classic one. That's impossible with Badger Claw. Classic one. By the way, also impossible in the dark car park, as we found out a few weeks ago. Yeah. If you can't see the numbers combination. You can't actually see the numbers. Now, I'm sure anyone listening to this who has ever parked up their car Mm -hmm. and done the kind of whole barcode, lock your keys in, da-da-da, I'm sure surfers around the world listening to this can empathise, have ever gone into the, you know, like a dark surf where it's got dark, you've gotten out when it's dark. We need to invent something where you, you can shine a little torch on that code because mm. you can't see the code yeah. when it's dark. So what do you have to do then? I can't remember. To a street lamp. Yeah, And still, try, yeah, which was cold as well. <laughs> that was when I was cold. Ah! There we go. There's one before we get into this. Has anybody invented a surf lock with a little light just to press on the side or a luminous exactly. um, dial? Here's something you could do. Stick blue tack to your mm-hmm. barcode lock mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Then just stick a little light to it. You know one of those little... yeah tiny wee lights or maybe just keep a torch under your car or just keep a torch under your car <laughs> yeah that's probably a sensible we're thing. not going to go on dragon's den anytime soon with that no, not at all. no. okay today it's a nice lead in though this it's good dude <laughs> it is it does lead us in and today's podcast is the five definitions of a true kook oh. five definitions of a true kook the reason why we wanted to create this podcast today is that Liam and I have had so many chats mm-hmm. um, over the last couple of years about what a real kook is. And to me, have you dropped your mic, Liam? There's a kook has just dropped his headphones. <laughs> the Liam's the just dropped again. his headphones. Discussions that we've had that have got inspired us about this, and I hope you too, mm. is that there's this word that gets banded around in surfing called kook. Comes from the 50s, 60s era of, in fact, actually, it's like last week's episode, we talked about Mickey Dora. Mm. And uh, a kook, please correct me if I'm wrong. I want Liam to look this up maybe on Google if he can. But a kook was someone who came from outside, basically the beach, Malibu, from the valley. I I believe that that is the origin of the word kook. And I can't remember why you were called a kook in particular, the actual origins of that. But I know that that's kind of roughly where it comes from. What we've talked about so much is that it's used as a derogatory word to describe someone who can't perform figure of eight roundhouse perfect cutbacks and doesn't ride a tiny little surfboard and is basically just not a very good surfer. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit that I've used that word 
to term surfers who probably aren't very highly skilled in their surfing. And then as I've gotten older, as I've gotten a little bit wiser, I've noticed that it doesn't really make me feel very good to separate myself as the surfer who's, who I believe to be a good surfer, skilled surfer, versus someone who isn't. Because at the end of the day, a true kook is someone who is judging in the first place. And that is taking this podcast to that deeper level. But that's why we're here. Our brand as the mm. mindful surfer, what we stand for is non-judgment. Yeah. And inclusivity. And as cheesy as it sounds, it's love and compassion for all. As kooky as it sounds. As kooky as it sounds. Because surfing is so divisive at times. It's this very soulful sport and, oh, it's the ocean and, oh, it's so good for you. And it's like you have these images portrayed to us by, you know, surf media. But let's be really honest. What are human beings like in the ocean? Well, they're pretty unkind and divisive and mm, aggressive mm. and get, they get angry and they create their little tribes mm. and you're wrong and I'm right. You're over there. I'm here. This is how you should do it. You're mm. not doing it the right way. Human beings can just be so divisive. And the thing is, this isn't necessarily about loving everybody to somehow kind of become this kind of perfect, holier-than-thou human. This is much more to do with basically listening to this this show to become more self-aware of how we can all slip into that tendency of getting kind of basically annoyed with kind of people getting in the way who are maybe more beginner-style surfers, who, who do or don't understand the lineup maybe as easily as we do as more experienced surfers, and it's accepting them and getting to feel better because mm. of it. Because there is a result from this. Yeah, This is not compassion for no reason. Mm. If you're compassionate with your fellow human being, you get to feel better and you feel calmer mm. and you don't get stressed as often in the mm. ocean. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and does that judgment sometimes come from a fear? Judgment usually comes from that sort of place, mm -hmm. right? Firstly, it's a kind of reaction to being frightened of not being the insert word there. And this time it's kook, isn't it? So... If you label other people that, you know, does it make you feel better? And we've all done it, you know. 100%. And, uh, but it's just an exploration of what that means. And, you know, could we get that compassion in the ocean? Because we're all equal before a wave, I think, as Laird Hamilton said. As Laird Hamilton was said. Uh, and this is our very first. Yeah. So we've got five definitions of a true yeah. kook. And Liam, you're discussing this perfectly. Definition number one is that a true kook judges other surfers. What is it that Laird said? Well, we're all equal before a wave. And I th mm. think we talked about this in... Even episode one, it was about the ocean's not judging anyone. The ocean's not calling anyone a kook. It can certainly make you feel pretty mortal, <laughs> mm. but that's a different thing, you know? And so it is we bring our human judgment into surfing, the surf world, the surf scene. And look, there's a really humorous part of that. And it's, you know, there's a, there's a sort of fun side to it. I, we're self-admitted kooks, mayor of kook town even. That's my kind of angle on this is that we're all kooks really. And everybody's just on a different stage of it sometimes, different level of where mm. they're at. But judgment in its extreme form is a route to unhappiness maybe. And both angles from the person who's being judgmental, mm -hmm. the nastier side of it, right through to the, the person who's being judged. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's a bit mean. <laughs> Do completely. And this yeah. is also not to take away from the fact that mm. when you surf with more inexperienced yeah. surfers, that can be super annoying. Yeah. I really hope we bring this across. This is never about trying to be perfect. No. Because I think we all get annoyed with mm. each other mm. as people in general. It's just more becoming aware of, you know, how it can mm. leave you feeling stressed and unhappy mm. in the ocean. And in becoming aware of that, know that there is a choice. You, you can choose. When you're mindful and you're a surfer, you're in the ocean, there's someone inexperienced that you would label a kook and it starts to piss you off. You just become aware of that. Because let's be really honest, you're then becoming the real kook. The real mm. kook is the one who's like, they're in the way and they're in the way. I mean, yes, let's all give ourselves the wiggle room to be able to have that. Mm. And then 
be able to go, wow, I'm doing this to myself. Hey, it's it all ties in with that. You know, if you've met one or two dickheads, <laughs> then you've met one or two dickheads. And the same is if you met one or two, 10 kooks, maybe, then you have met 10 kooks, I guess. But if you've met a thousand, maybe you should look in your, in the kook mirror. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. kook mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I've got one at home. <laughs> Dude, haven't we all? Yeah. I'm at my most kooky when I get pissed off with other surfers. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Because mm. I had this yesterday. And there was this guy surfing and he just straight up ignored surf etiquette completely. Mm. Maybe he didn't hear me. I mean, oftentimes mm-hmm. people just haven't heard you. If you've called to have someone off the wave, mm-hmm. I, I shouted, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. I was sort of shouting at him from behind, mm-hmm. right-hander. And he just carried on. Mm-hmm. And I had to put the blockers on, mm-hmm. like brakes on my mm-hmm. surfboard to not smash into him. Then again, as always, this is about how to manage yourself and uh, taking some deep breaths. Notice that I'm making myself angry because I'm reliving the past. Mm-hmm. Reliving the past. Yeah. Events happen and then we replay it mm-hmm. in our head. It's kind of bizarre that we do that, isn't it? It's like yeah. we replay the event. Even though you can't influence it once even it's happened. Even though it's gone. And I'll be the first to admit that I do that. And, and then it's just, again, being aware. And um, this is a practice. What I really want to encourage you to do is, is just notice when you're ever getting angry, upset, stressed, annoyed in the mm. ocean. And in becoming an aware mm. of when that's starting to happen, mm. you're already unraveling it. Because mm. when you shine the light of consciousness on any thought, and I mean any, mm. I'm talking getting upset with someone in the water, mm-hmm. the true kook, mm. all the way down to an anxiety you have about the future. No matter what thought it is that you are having, if you start to shine the light of awareness on it, it is already losing its power. Mm-hmm. You're lighting it up. The room that was once dark, but when you go, oh, I'm doing that. And we can't describe that. There's no way of describing human consciousness because you're trying to describe the universe. Yeah. You can't describe the universe. Mm. It's a indescribable. Being sentient, mm-hmm. being this human that we are as this being is a bizarre, bizarre thing. We can't describe what becoming aware is. We can mm. talk about it mm-hmm. and use stories and analogies and quotes and mm. people and inspiration. Only you can do it yourself. That's right. Only you can know if you're being aware of yourself. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you'll find us on Facebook or Instagram at The Mindful Surfer Podcast, where we'll share updates on how to keep your mind calm, your body energized, so you can get the most stoke from your wave riding experience. Now, back to the podcast personal experience as well it's, it's one of the most difficult things to do to not replay mm. those issues from all aspects of your life it's almost a human condition to keep what if i you know that's really annoyed me i'm going to keep replaying it and then it just gets worse and worse if we could all let that go whatever that's been i think it'd be a better place that's where things do completely disappear mm. don't replay stuff in the ocean mm. you know it's sort of gone it's let it go completely and i feel like i'm a true kook far more often than you are. Well, yeah. Because we've talked about this. Yes. Uh, I'm a bit of a Jeremy Hunt. Yes. AKA <laughs> C-U-N-T. Yeah. I'm a bit of a Jeremy, Jeremy yeah. Hunt yeah. who's trying to become more evolved in my awareness. Mm. I think you were born much more aware than I Well, I don't know. I'm just a bit, I've just had a few more years on you, so I'm, I'm, I've learned from my mistakes probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it is interesting that the, what we're talking about is this kind of what's a kook. There's this sort of, you know, as I say, that original definition, but it's, we're all there, aren't we, at various stages. The mind aspect and the judgment aspect is one thing. And then in a way, even when we are judging or people are exacting that judgment on others, mm-hmm. as you say, in, a, in, a, in something that's supposed to be this free form expression mm-hmm. when there's no judgment, you know, if you like, the pitch doesn't judge you, the ocean doesn't judge you, it's the other people who are on it or in it that do. Really, 
even in the sort of truest sense of Coop not knowing or being unaware, it depends where, what stage they're at, at the journey. That's why, you know, I always refer to myself as a kook in that respect anyway. Mm. But it's on the serious side of it, it's about everybody's kook in a way. It's just levels of practice and the stages you, you're at. Everybody has been, when we're putting judgment on other people, and this applies to all that, it's not just surfing, actually. It's life, sport, business, mm. driving, whatever it might be. There's an element in there, if you take out the sort of attitudinal side of it, that for some, they're just on that part of their learning curve mm. before they get to mastery or whatever, wherever it is. So you can be judging someone who has simply just not had as much practice. Totally do. You know, if we're getting onto what I would think, you had your mm. kook mirror, mm -hmm. and I've got a new term, kook consciousness. Mm -hmm. Kook consciousness is being aware that you can't not judge. Mm. So what we're saying here is, if one professes to be holier than thou that they never judge, is the ultimate falsehood. Mm. Because the mind and ego is apparent till the day we die. Mm. It's never trying to get rid of it. If you turn up to the beach, you know, in the, in the holy robes mm. and the holy board, and you're mm. the soulful guy, and there's this pretense that there's no judgment mm -hmm. whatsoever, well, could that be even more ego? There's no getting rid of mm. ego. Ego is always going to want to separate. Oh, completely. Because it's it's always ticking over. Mm. If, if someone's not aware of their mind and ego yeah. at all, yeah. that's even more dangerous. Yeah. There's no awareness whatsoever. Yeah. If one can be aware of just how often you judge, you're starting to unravel it. You're starting to mm -hmm. remove its importance. You're, then, you're no longer seeing the ego as real yes. and true. Mm. What you're seeing as true is the observer of it. Mm. And that's all you got to do. There's nothing after. There's no stage one, stage two. Mm. Stage one is be aware. Mm -hmm. Stage two, be aware. Stage three, be aware. It's not stage one, be aware. Now, number mm. two, get rid of your ego by doing this, this, and this, this chant, this affirmation. No, 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 no. Well, listen, I'm not here to say that affirmations and mm. that kind of positive thinking is wrong. I'm not. I think it can be helpful in, in a certain context. But the reason why I prefer mindfulness overall is because it's much more about Zen. It's much more about kind of just an allowingness. And therefore, in a way, interestingly, it's about not judging yourself for having judgmental thoughts. Mm. That's what I'm trying to say mm. in a really roundabout way. It's taken me three minutes to get there, but... <laughs> yeah, don't beat yourself up. Just don't beat yourself up. Mm. If you are noticing that you're judging, mm. it's just be aware that you're doing mm. it and then you're already unraveling it. Yeah. Try and be a nicer, nicer person. <laughs> Basically, yes. There are some bits that actually come up. I'll wait to point four because I've got some of the bits to, to, to make on that. Nice. Because this is also not just saying, hey, you know, let's put our arms around everybody. It doesn't matter how everybody behaves. Some people behave badly and it is the responsibility of society as a whole, I guess, yep. to sort of try and either educate or then call them out on that bad behavior. Big time. In fact, I've got a story I want to talk about yes. uh, with a young person who yeah. was particularly um, mm. unconscious in mm. his way. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we'll talk about that later okay. on, because actually that's really yeah. worth mentioning. Number two, mm -hmm. definition of a true, true kook, is a girl or boy, man or woman, who surfs too much. If I had listened to me saying this about six years ago, mm -hmm. I'd have been like, what a kook. <laughs> yeah. What a kook. <laughs> Who's this guy to say I shouldn't? What? Yeah. It's the coolest thing in the world to surf. Yeah. Non-stop, round yeah. the clock, every day, all day. Mm. Like, what? Mm. And, and as I've gotten older, I've gone a little bit wiser mm -hmm. to stretch, resting, sleep, and it not always having to be that I am surfing. A great example. I mean, literally, this happened uh, this weekend, and this is why this is all about being honest. Uh, and I'll be dead honest with you about how I make this mistake just as much as anyone. So, surf Thursday, mm -hmm. surf Friday, both quite intensely. 
mm-hmm. two-hour sessions. So what I want you to do is actually think about the length of your sessions, but also mm-hmm. the intensity of them. That's that's mm-hmm. the two things in training that we're always talking mm-hmm. about. And uh, being a personal trainer, I'm always trying to help um, clients kind of really manage their mm-hmm. body in that way, work mm-hmm. and rest, work and rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the real basics of biology physiology, mm-hmm. isn't it? So work out the, the length of a surf, firstly. Yeah. Um, the intensity of it. This is the amount of waves you caught. This is the severity of, of kind of, you know, your duck diving, how big was it, etc. Because it's not just length. You can have a four-hour session on a reef break Completely. where it's a very mellow paddle round. Mm-hmm. Also, you've got to really wait your turn sometimes. Mm-hmm. So some surfs are very, very long, but very, mm-hmm. very just not as intense, mm-hmm. okay? I'd had um, a surf Thursday, surf Friday, both quite intensely. Saturday, going at it hard again. Now, Mm. my body was pretty tired. And actually, Mm. here's an absolute true story about my unconsciousness. Body's pretty tired. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, oh, it's Saturday. Everyone's going to be out. I want to get out. Mm -hmm. I I deserve to get out. All this kind of bollocks self-talk coming from my ego, Mm. right? That just couldn't let go of Mm -hmm. not surfing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it was good. (laughs) I'm like, no, go in, go in. Mm. I went in, Mm. surfed intensely. For a long duration, the body will tell us. Yeah. I'm walking up the road with you, aren't I, dude? We were walking together at this yep. point, walking up the road. And I have an old knee injury from, when was it? I think it was like 13, 14 years ago, my mm. ACL. Mm. Did my ACL in my right knee. And basically, if I kind of really push it too far, I get this nerve pinching mm. where I can't even put weight on it. Like, and remember, I couldn't even drive, mm. barely work the pedals, which mm. Liam's probably thinking, actually, <laughs> Should have I even got in the car with Will at that time? I think that every time I get in the car with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Actually, it's a good thing if you can't press the pedal. <laughs> um, we're going to get back yeah. to that, dude. Now yeah. you've raised that, we're not yeah. going to... That that's coming back to that. They and Will do the real podcast <laughs> where they slam each other's habits. They don't even like... But, yeah, it, it was my body's way of telling me that mm. I pushed it too far. The next day, I'd had a bit more sleep. I'd probably eaten better quality nutrition... A um, little bit more slow-release carbohydrates, some high-quality antioxidants. I'd slept a bit more. I'd also stretched twice as long mm-hmm. before the surf. So when I went into Sunday session, I felt like a, what I call an organic, mm. like real want to go yeah. surfing. Not one induced by sugar and caffeine, mm. but one that was like, oh, I feel really good. Mm. And I was able to surf for hours and I had no pains, discomforts, mm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. What I'm saying is, can you be mindful of the need for rest, the need for stretching, mobility work, all that kind of stuff? Because a true kook really is a surfer who doesn't listen to their body. There's a lovely quote by Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn is a uh, real classic, cheesy American self-help guru from from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to work, check him out. He's mm. a cool guy. He's, he's really, really cool. Very, very positive. And he has a lovely, lovely quote, which is, mm. um, look after your body because it is the only place you have to live. And it's true. That is and, true. You know, you've got to go back to work. You've got families to look after. You've got your, your own body to live in, mm. <laughs> let alone anything else. And if we surf too much, it makes it pretty hard, doesn't it? Totally, yeah. Do you have insights on this, dude? Because I know you're getting in on weekends at the moment, so you're yeah. probably getting your rest in during the well, week. Well, I'm getting my rest in the week. Most of my injuries, if I'm absolutely honest with myself, apart from the sort of not knowing when I fractured my back, whether it was a day at Gwythian or uh, slipping on a leaf outside a train station. So I'll put that one on the shelf because it's a wholly different... <laughs> <You're injured yourself. laughs> not that I want you to get injured. It could be one of the two. We'll have a vote <laughs> on it. slipping on a leaf. Yeah. Oh, it's not a very heroic thing to do. I wasn't even sort of saving anybody. Or... But um, the times when I thought, oh, I don't fancy this. 
they're the times that really it's your body yes. and your mind working together yes. to say don't do it um, and at times you get injured yeah and play, more often than not I was playing football uh, God, how long ago now was it this is uh, before I hung up my boots probably about six seven years ago maybe it was I, I know exactly the game because I didn't really fancy going and playing yeah. and uh, but I did I ended up to cut a long story short uh, because I really wasn't in the zone. I went in for a sort of lazy tackle, wrong time, and got kicked in the eye, in the eyeball, pretty much, which is an unusual uh, thing to have. Tore my retina, my left uh, left eye, and that was it. That's sort of sight's all right, but it just, you know, it's one of those things that you think I just wasn't on my game mm. that that day. This, the same is true of other times. If you go for a run or you go training, you know, and I've torn calf muscles or on my intercostal muscles in my rib cage. All of those moments are usually when I just don't really fancy fully what I'm about yes, to do. Completely. Yeah. And it, this is a challenge. Yeah. Surfing and exercise mm. is such an outlet mm. for mental well-being. Mm. So then how do you turn to someone who's had a stressful week who maybe isn't feeling good mm. before the surf mm. and who surfs a bit uh, and who does pick up injuries because of that? Mm. How do you tell them to maybe be mindful of, of not going in and maybe doing more stretching and surfing less when they can go and get the outlet? Now, mm. the thing is, is that oftentimes it's this thing where we have this kind of... Surfing gives us instant gratification. Mm-hmm. So what we're saying here is if you can just bring a bit of... And this is the big word for me. It's a bit of discipline. Mm of practice into your surfing life, mm. you will probably get more from mm. it. And this is the stretching aspects, mm. mobility, foam rolling, deep breathing, taking care of posture, etc. And the thing is, this is something, something I really want you to consider. It's like if you are feeling run down before surfing, but you know you are fucking, you're going mm. surfing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, honestly, it was one of those days. I am going in that ocean. Are you actually feeling really run down? Well, at least see if you can just spend like five minutes max, like maybe 10 minutes if you can just manage it to just kind of center yourself get your breathing in order, mobilize, stretch, mm. etc. Because what you'll find is you'll have a better surf. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. If you get that kind of calm mm. breathing in, which is, mm. you know, breathing is obviously bringing loads of oxygen into your body, which is um, going to bring you more energy mm. when you Completely. go to your, your cardiovascular mm. exercise. But also the mobility aspects of, you know, snapping on a board, doing turns requires mobility. Yeah. So not only is it going to help your surfing in that way, but also mm. it's going to mean that you don't oversurf. It's yeah. a way of balancing your surfing. It, Basically, you've got kind of essentially work and rest mm. when it comes to exercise and life in general. And rest doesn't have to mean doing sweet FA, mm. doing nothing. Rest is can be active. Mm-hmm. A gentle walk, some yoga, some stretching, some whatever. Go for but a swim. It, but it, the point of what I'm trying to say is, is if, if you've put work in through the body in terms of like at work, mm-hmm. as a, you know, a plumber, a, a manager of a, of a supermarket, mm. whatever it is you do, if you put that into your body, that requires rest. But equally also, there needs to be that rest and recovery from, from exercise as well. And we forget as surfers that he's full on exercise. Uh, I relentlessly try and get in. But you, you, the day, like I'm saying, the days that you don't fancy it, the days that something happens, the, yeah. the universe is just telling you to just give it a rest. It's with age as well, isn't it, that? Because I know my one of my kids who was really sort of into his surfing, he's, he just, they just don't, kids don't have to warm up. They just nope. go in and could probably nope. Surf for five hours and come out and then go and do no, no warm down, eat whatever they want and surf the next day. It's that with age and it's, it's how to look after your body. I'm, I'm talking to myself here as well. To enable you to do the thing you love more, sometimes you just have to take a step back. Big time. I also think of this guy that I know in North Devon who mm. must be getting off a 90. Mm. 
And I once was talking to him because he's still surfing. And I was like, you know, you dude, how are you still surfing? How are you actually still doing that? And his point was, if the waves are on, but my body needs rest, I'll take the rest. That is not easy to do, but it's very, very simple. Just checking in, isn't it, with your body, mm-hmm. seeing how you're feeling. There are times, you know, though, when, you know, you can just have a bit of caffeine and just get in that ocean and you can kind of override what's going on in your body yeah. at times. It's just that it's it's not the norm. Mm. Um, and if you can get really good at your self-care routines of how you manage your body around your surfing, mm. you'll be able to surf for longer. Yes. You'll be, be able to surf for years. Yeah. You know, I remember Laird talking about this, Laird Hamilton, talking about this on a podcast uh, a few months ago. I was watching him. It's all well and good being that guy in his, in his teens and 20s who's doing airs and 360s and hitting things off the lip and just doing everything and charging, you know, 10 hours a day surfing and just going crazy. But it's being able to do it in your 40s and 50s, yeah. 60s. And what an inspiration for that. Big time. And yeah. that takes a different level of discipline. Yes. And if you can have that in your life, yeah. it's very inspiring. Yeah. I love this idea. Well, hey, you look. Know, I really want to be that guy yeah. who's in his 80s surfing. Yeah cool idea yes. we see a lot of those silver surfers actually yeah. there's a there's actually a great uh, I was reading Carve uh, actually Wavelength I think at the on the train the other day and um, there's a sort of real expose on a guy I, f- I have to put this in the show notes because I've forgotten the name as oh, well yeah, okay, yeah. the book guys in the 70s still still surfing and you, mm. you, you look at um, Mason and Coco Ho's father still surfing into the, and still ripping it he did the surf ranch with Kelly and just you know was absolutely amazing Is Kelly, that Michael Ho? Michael Ho yeah mm. and Kelly as well still ripping it you know f- the fitness levels at that age and it's a real inspiration right and Laird especially you know the, what, the shape he's kept himself in He's walked the talk as well, hasn't he? Really walked the talk. Yeah. And it's constantly experimenting with different approaches. Yes. Um, if you stick to the same approach, you'll get the same result. So if you've always done yoga, but you've not done any Pilates, mm. you know, trying a bit of that. Mm. If, you've never, if you've always just done running, mm. but you've never, never tried yoga or Pilates, mm. try a bit of those. Mm. If you've always done yoga, Pilates and running and mm. a bit of cardio, but you've never done any weight training, yes. add a bit of weight training in. Yeah. The point about the body is the body absolutely craves diversity mm. if you put cross training and diversity into your body yeah you'll take that out into the ocean yeah and um you know and again this is the advice because i'm on this path with everybody who hopefully if whatever level you're at you can start to pick off where you're at but for me you live and you get out of practice and you train for other things but really finding that you know for example if you can't do a squat or a lunge or those maneuvers on land yeah. you're not going to do anything when you're on the board so it's all about that functional fitness this idea that you kind of get fit for what you need to be doing rather than an image thing of fitness completely you know? and there are yeah. so many people I could rattle off yeah. who you can YouTube yeah. for um, you know mobility techniques mm. posture techniques all these different things and mm. we'll put that in the show notes because mm. rather than talk about those people now yes. let's just leave that in the show notes and you can just exactly. take that link on and, and do your own research because mm. it, there's so much good information out there yeah. just takes a bit of motivation in your way number three third definition of a true kook it is someone who brings a negative energy into surfing in general we've talked about this before i think that you get to the car park sometimes and you get that comment that you know oh, it's a bit shit out <laughs> i hear it so many oh, times it's a bit shit and i wish the ways were better and i think that going back to the very beginning this is never about judging that that would no. be ironic wouldn't it if you then judged someone for being negative it would be like, what is it? The pot calling the kettle black? Is it? Is that what it is or something? Yes. It's something like it that. It will be the hypocritical surfer. It's just so hypocritical. Yeah, it's just hilarious. I've done it. Yeah. A ton. And <laughs> I can just see myself doing that. Now I could just smile at That's the reality, yeah. What we're saying is, in becoming aware, if we as surfers can become aware of when we're being neg- negative about surfing in general, it doesn't need to mean that we don't comment on mm. the conditions 
on how we've been feeling or anything in between. It's just that we do it mindfully. And when you're, when we're mindful about commenting on life in general, mm. we don't do it to moan and drag the atmosphere downwards. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. We do it like we comment it in a very matter of fact way. Yeah. And we almost look to seek to come to our own solutions within that strange mm-hmm. way. So it's almost like, well, if you're mindfully discussing that the waves are not great, the truth is, let's come back to what the truth is, because I don't want this to be interpretation from me, because mm. I wouldn't want to listen to someone who's given me their opinion on what things should be. Mm. But the truth is, there is always, and this is the absolute fact, there is always potential joy that we could have in the sea. Mm. That is a cold, hard fact. Now, people would say, no, that's an opinion. Well, mm. if we're really looking at the ocean, and it is a foot, and it's sloppy, with the right mindset, the truth is, if you just even went in in a pair of shorts to get cold therapy and just swam around in it. There was an old guy doing that on Saturday or yesterday and you could see the joy. This is what we call Stoke. Stoke is bringing that Stoke. I felt felt even better about my day from seeing him. I had a few words with him and I just thought, oh man, what amazing. They call that, um, there's a term for it Mm. in in clinical psychology. It's called the infectability of consciousness. When people are conscious, yes, and that means being in line with the present moment, being yeah. aware, being here, and therefore seeing mm. the potential opportunities yeah. for joy yes. that are apparent in all situations. Yeah. Whether you go into a bloody supermarket, yeah. there's potential joy to be had. Yeah. You know, just smelling the fresh herbs or whatever. Mm. Buying dark chocolate. Buying <laughs> bloody dark chocolate, absolutely. But the point is, when you're present, there's the potential for joy in every little moment. Although that sounds like a big deal, it's not. It's just being here. And when you're then looking at a foot and it's sloppy, it's catching yourself when you're bringing a negative energy to it unnecessarily. Because yeah. what it stops you doing is being able to, A, even, even go in there and potentially have some exercise and fun. But B, it's bringing, bringing down the atmosphere of other mm. people too, potentially who you might be around, let's say friends or family, yeah. whoever. And for me, what are you in there for? And that look, everybody's different. Some people are in there to you know, really rip it. And that's great. Yeah, and that's, and that's great. Not taking away from but, um, but, but often it's, it's, it's not people who are ripping it who are saying it's shit often, you know? And, uh, so, true. so it's, it's an interesting mindset, which I'd love to explore further. Maybe there's a sort of even get some ideas on it from people mm-hmm. to say, what is it? What's the driver for that? Because I think if you don't have, if you just don't have a mindset, you're enjoying it. You just have nothing when you go in. It's a zen. It's just that. It's a no mind. Decided to go in the sea. You just got decided to go in the sea. Why Why then comment on the quality of what the sea is giving you on that day? Completely. And rather name names, I can think Mm. of people who have questioned you. Mm. And I can think of um, someone who was doing Mm. this. He was like, Liam, why were you even in there? You mm. you kind of... Kook. You kook, basically. <laughs> and I remember your response to this person was like, well, pff, why not? That's the thing. Just get in the ocean. One thing I would, I would say about, and this is an absolute tip. Yes. Yeah. Like if you're an intermediate surfer to advance, when the waves are smaller and maybe more crumbly, mm-hmm. if you live in colder climes, grab a foamy going in your bodies. Because mm. the rush you get from oh. being in cold water is unbelievable. And there's research... Um, I say research, I mean, there's been tons of research on cold therapy for years now, but um, there's a guy called Wim Hof, yep. who will leave in the show notes. I'm sure a lot of you listening to this will have heard of They'll him. They'll know him. Um, but there's some huge, huge mitochondrial benefits, and that's the the cell's ability to uptake nutrients um, and pass them back into our blood. But the mito- there's so much research being done now on mitochondrial health being improved massively from doing cold therapy. And in Sweden and Denmark, even... Sort of standard uh, mm-hmm. national health service. Uh, I don't know if they have an NHS, but even their sort of their go-to allopathic yeah. doctors, which is a kind of your, your mainstream, yes. not your alternative, but even your main 
stream doc in Scandinavia, mm-hmm. if you are suffering from anxiety or depression, mm. they will prescribe call therapy first. Big time. Then prescribe drugs. Yeah. And it's just go. So if you if you are looking at conditions and it is small or whatever, jump in on a foamy for 10 minutes See in what? your bodies. Yeah. And then when you get in that hot shower mm. 20 minutes later, oh man. You're buzzing. The happiness buzz. It's yeah. just amazing. Well, there's also the negative ion, well, it's not a sort of a concept anymore. I mean, it's scientific fact, isn't yep. it? We'd love to speak to some scientists about this just to kind of, as a subject matter for yeah, the show. We'll definitely get them but on. Yep. Because those negatively charged ions increase the flow of oxygen to the brain, all of that good stuff, which means you've got more energy mentally. And there's a bit on the science of surfing, which we'll share on the, on a website, that said it's not just that the great wave you catch is putting a smile on your face. It's the impact of that magical air that the surf, that charging surf, you know, you get it in nature as well, you know, forests and places that are not built up, but lots of organic Mm -hmm. matter, grass, trees, the outdoors, but surf, particularly waterfalls, that sort of charging Mm -hmm. um, water creates these negative ions in the air and that sort of charges around and the body feeds off because it's called negative ions. It always sounds to me like a bad thing, but no, 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 you mean it's a really amazing thing that sort of um, does something on a, a kind of bio, mechanical biological level that leaves you feeling that zen peace alertness that you know until you try it you can't describe it totally dude totally and i think that there's two people one is whim we're going to try and get whim off on the show and also to someone who is an Mm. expert on Mm. negative ions because that is a a very very much a um chapter that we will come yes. back to yes. over and over is this kind of aspect of cold and aspect of negative ions yes. for health that surfing gives you other than just the basics yeah. of that yeah. we all know of exercise yes. community look at what those organizations like you know we always talk about the wave project and some of the charities that help people with ptsd that take ocean therapy and combine it with people who are struggling from whatever ill health of the mind that they might have mm-hmm. and it, it, it kind of the effect on the mind from those activities is so beneficial. I, yeah. I mean, we, we talk from personal experience as well of getting the best out of the ocean in that respect, yeah. that you want to evangelize about. It might sort of sound boring to people who don't have not tried it, but honestly, you try it. It's like a great drug. It's a, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a wholesome, healthy drug. It, it really is. And also, I'll be honest, being the Jeremy Hunt that I am, who, yes. who is trying to become more aware of myself, can we make sure that not everyone loves and falls in love with surfing, Liam. Mm-hmm. Can we? I know. There's a lot of ocean, though. If everyone did. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. But you know, it's funny, yeah. isn't it? Because we, we have this thing where, oh, let, you know, let's get as many people mm. as we can. But just not on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where I think it's really cool. I really like this when someone's mm. honest. Mm. I love honest humans. Mm. People who can go, I'm really compassionate. I'm, I'm growing in compassion mm. for my fellow human. And then, you know, yes, I'd love more people to get the mental well-being benefit of the ocean etc on that beach over there but can they do on that beach (laughs) (laughs) but i like that that's the humorous aspect of it is what compassion really is because it kind of we're also human too by default we're thinking of ourselves as well Mm, mm. and uh you know i don't think seven billion people are going to be surfing tomorrow anytime soon not really no no well they they, it seems like it if you go to perimporth or something like that in the year seems so crowded (laughs) hey hope you're enjoying the podcast if you want to make sure you never miss a show, head on over to themindfulsurfer.com, sign up to our weekly newsletter, and we'll update you on the latest shows. Now, back to the podcast. Number four. Number four of the true kook definitions. Number four is, uh, as a true kook, 
someone who disrespects the rules and surf etiquette. It's a very obvious one. Mm. When we point it out, it's actually, it's about how do you A, deal with someone who's ignoring the rules and also B, be mindful of when you are starting to slip out of that Mm. rule system as well. If you proclaim to be a perfectly spiritual surfer, Mm. you never try and paddle around, you have never dropped in, and you never get angry with anyone getting in the way or whatever. If you proclaim to be this person, can you please write into the show? Because <laughs> we would love to meet you. You are the Jesus Christ of surfing. Get off the cloud. And yeah, quite. Come down. So this is, this is about being real, about being honest. I've dropped in a load of times and I've snaked a load On of me. <laughs> On me, obviously. Uh, and I'd have friends call yeah. in now and go, he does it way more than he actually says. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm just trying mm-hmm. to get better mm-hmm. and become more aware. And I know when I'm starting to get into that almost competitive, aggressive mm. aspect of, let's say 10 minutes has gone by without a wave. Now it's mm. 20, getting on for 25. Or in all of us, there's that human that just ooh, just wants to get on that wave mm. face. And I've done it where I've kind of done that when I've dropped in, mm. kind of half knowing someone's behind me mm. and knowing potentially that I've weighed up, they're looking like a bit of a kook. <laughs> mm. What is a kook? And that they're not going to be able to get down the line and mm. I'm going to be able to nip in front of them. Mm. Now, is it likely to happen to us as surfers that we do that and, and we almost do it on purpose mm-hmm. because we feel like we are the quote-unquote better surfer, therefore more deserving of that mm-hmm. wave? Yes. And if you were just to say that you've never done that, I, I just kind of think, well, you've not been alive. Mm-hmm. You've not been surfing. You've not been mm-hmm. progressing your surfing. Because mm-hmm. if you if you are out there and you're getting better as a surfer, mm-hmm. you're also looking at catching waves. Mm-hmm. By the very default of mm-hmm. you having a human ego, mm-hmm ridiculous to assume mm. that you haven't done this mm. so let's just be all really honest and put our let's put our honesty cards on the table yes. and say look we're all out there to get the most ways mm. we can and have the most fun we can it's just that a true kook is someone who just totally ignores those rules in telling a real story you know yesterday there was a guy who dropped in on me who i think i've already talked about this guy and, and he rode off in front of me and maybe he looked at me and gone oh this guy's a bit of a kook i bet i, mm. I bet mm. I can. it's like the speed of the surfer isn't it like if you if you feel like you're going to be really fast down the line then you can probably get ahead mm. of the guy behind you and it won't make a difference maybe he looked at me and gone he's shit mm. I, I bet i can yeah. take this wave and he'll be fine <laughs> yeah. with it he won't he won't yeah. care but no it's not that because we should always respect always respect whoever is taking off for a wave in front of us or behind us, should I say. So if you are noticing that there's a real full-on beginner who has caught the wave behind you and you're then in front for the Mm. drop-in is to pull out. Mm. Because the reason why, not only is it a safety thing because they might knock into you, but this is an aspect of staying calm. Mm. When you're putting out those kind of vibes, Mm. it'll come back to haunt you. Mm -hmm. So karma is a real thing. Mm. Would you agree, dude? Yeah. Karma. It's real, Mm. isn't it? It I found if I have Mm. dropped in on someone, Mm. universe uh, finds a way of... Mm, later on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like your knee going. <laughs> like maybe, maybe I dropped in that. Yeah, day. you remember that wave? I was going to talk to you about that wave from yesterday. No, no it's true. I, I think you've got it. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I, I think for me is that it's being a lovely, warm, open community and wanting everybody to get in the ocean. That's my kind of, you know, that fe- mm, the therapy of side of it. But when it's busy and everybody's together and you kind of, there is a rule set that if you like helps to create that harmony and, and safety actually at times in that busy, that busy lineup. And that for me is, you know, a true kook sometimes are the people that just disregard that without wanting to learn or get better or whatever you know or or even that they're ripping it but they just don't give a shit about everybody else around them 
The other slight thing about that is that etiquette of where you're surfing and who's around you. Two things. One is the sort of when you're in the ocean with your own kids or you're doing coaching for, you know, surf lifesaving or whatever it might be. And there's sometimes a people who, you know, I've never really had the in-depth conversation, but to get the lack of awareness where they might be charging through on a, let's say, huge pats up, you know, paddleboard, no awareness of uh, the weight of the thing that they're on, their lack of control over it. And indeed the fact that you've got a load of, you know, kids in the crashing surf as well. It's kind of, you know, what is going through that sort of mind? That's when I try and you've got some sense of judgment to say, you know, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? So that's for me the kooky bit at times is and even on a flag beach when you, you obviously you've got the place with the black and whites where you can just say, you know, you're in there, you Mm. all everybody if you want to be watched and by lifeguards and have a look at where you're surfing, Mm. stay there. But then that drift people who take in boards and re- religiously ignore the advice of get that, mm-hmm. get out of the swimming zone or the bodyboarding zone for kids and families that are enjoying themselves. It's the lack of awareness of how dangerous a board can be in the wrong hands. And look, everybody has accidents, right? From bottom to top, everybody yeah. has uh, wipeouts and accidents. Mm-hmm. And, but it's when you're charging through crowds mm-hmm. uh, on a hard board without any sense of what you're doing with it. That's when the kook bit for me gets um, gets quite serious. I think yeah Yeah, it's just tricky on that because I think that some people would argue that if you're skilled enough yes that you can manage it and manage the risk yes so I really know what you're saying Mm. I think also some people really really Mm. argue that I would say I'm in the middle because Mm. I would say that well if you know you're skilled enough you Mm. can you can just because you know what some longboarders stand up paddleboarders can be like in let's say summer waves yes um, even short borders, yep. although it's a bit different because yep. it's a smaller board. It's different, yeah. But no matter who the surfer, if, if you've got enough skill and you know you do, mm. genuinely have absolute full control of, yeah, the, of your yeah. equipment. I think as a surfer, you make that judgment call you've yourself. You've got to make the judgment. I think that what often happens is a surfer maybe feels like they have more control than they really have. Mm. And that's how do we get that across? I mean, that's kind of almost having, you know, look at, look mm. at the, look in the coop mirror, look in mm. the, yeah. having a moment to check in with yourself. Like, can I genuinely control this mm. perfectly? Yeah this piece of very large equipment. Yes. Have you ever experienced anyone really over in the surf in terms of surf etiquette mm. where someone's kind of yeah. jumping in, in on you or snaking you or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it happens. happens. Mainly when I was young, you know, these days, I think I don't surf in those kind of environments as much anymore. It tends to happen in sort of summer months when you go mm. somewhere busy, especially in Cornwall, mm. places like When that. there's more of a sort of holiday crowd yeah, there. Yeah. It happens then. It's a difficult one, less so at home, apart from weekends, yep. you know. Um, but but it's. I think we're lucky it's less so here, right? Um, it is It is less, but this actually... But then it's because we, I suppose, we, we're the locals. Well, you know? well exactly. Yeah. But also this reminds me of mm. the story I was going to raise about this mm. boy who was surfing on Thursday and mm. um, he was just going for any wave coming. Mm. Mm. and showed very little etiquette mm. and was snaking and kind of mm. jumping and doing a bit of everything, yes. really, just yeah. being a, a bit of a teenager, just yeah. kind of just don't care, just yeah. whatever, get out of my way. Mm. And I spoke up. Mm. I said to him very calmly, I said, mm. listen, dude, because I almost went into him mm. and it was my wave. I said, listen, dude, just mm. be really aware. Mm. Like, could you just tell me which way you're going? Because mm. I kept trying to say which way mm. you're going, completely in his own world. Mm. And oftentimes people are, they're not meaning to be... Mm. You know, in the way. Yes. And he was terribly apologetic mm. for the way he conducted himself. And I wasn't upset and angry with him. I made it very clear. I said, listen, dude, mm. I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I just, just mm. please just tell me, mm. you know, which way you're going, whether you're going for a wave. If yeah. I say to you in the lineup, if I say, dude, are you going on this one? Yeah. You know, which way you're going? Just mm. a little bit of communication can go a very long way mm. in, the, in the lineup. But as surfers, there's this constant sort of, no, you must be silent. Yeah. It's, it's a weird sport, yeah. isn't it? 
Yeah. Just this silence between surface, silence, silence, but no one's saying, are you going? Yeah. Which way are you going? You're left, you're going right? Yeah. If you communicate like that on busy beach breaks, it can be a great way of basically us all getting more ways because if it's someone a great point, yeah. who, you, who you don't know goes, oh, I'm going left. Oh, great. Well, I'm going to go right. So do you know what I mean? Like, I, th- I think a lot of surf coaches would mm. would talk about this, but I want what I want to bring this back to. You could whistle more like the Brazilians. Well, there we go. Yeah. What I want to bring this back to is, is how to conduct yourself calmly when someone is breaking the rules. Mm. I think it's very, very important to remain very calm. If you do need to speak up, because mm. oftentimes, yes, this is about letting it go. Mm. Yes, this is about accepting mm. people. And also... It's about speaking mm. up. If you really feel like you need to speak up, if mm. someone's ruining the session for mm. everyone and yourself, mm. there's no option of you going mm. elsewhere. Say something to them, mm. but just say it really calmly. Mm. I think the thing is, what we tend to do is we wait until we've got this burst of anger yeah. and we've seen the red flag. And then it's escalated. That then we go, burn, oh, you you get in the way and this is absolutely not the way to manage it because it's just going to just backfire. Well, well, and also it's being mindful, going back full circle on that, is to maybe... Maybe they don't know. Dude. And then sometimes it's just because sometimes, you know, certainly my early, I, I just occasionally just think, oh, thanks. Yeah, I need a reminding of that or I don't know. And everybody gets in the way. You know, your times when, totally you, especially with paddling, I, this, I do this. <laughs> sometimes I'm paddling back out. I'm in the way. It's those moments I can't move. I can't get out of the yeah. way enough, you know. Or you, or you obviously duck dive it, or you sort of try and go around the, the other side of the surfer. But there are times when you simply are stuck in the in the line of sight and that's you relying on the skill of the surfer to come around you then and um Absolutely. so you know it's about knowledge sometimes and education so if you do speak up then i guess that's the right thing to do in those situations where somebody is grateful for that advice yeah because you can save them a lot of hassle it's somewhere true. else in the world as well oh, dude massively yeah. massively i just think you've just got to pick your moment and uh i think ultimately as well you know it takes a bit of balls mm. to do this because to do it calmly you might just get someone just go wasn't mm. in the way mm. do you know what i mean mm. You might get a total rejection mm. or you might get someone completely ignore you mm. and they just blank you. So in a way, you, you well, obviously we know we can never control mm. other people, what they're going to mm. be like in their response. Mm. But if you don't say anything, mm. well, what do you expect? Yeah. They're probably just going to keep doing it. Yeah. So you've got to kind of grow a pair a little bit so, and actually... So the thing is, how do people, yeah, you know, what are the difficult situations you've had trying to tell someone that yes. they're creating a bit of misery? And um, do you do it? When do you do it? How do you do it? Anybody got any advice on no, that? No, dude, absolutely well said, Liam. Yeah. There's no right way. You've just got to trust your intuition. Yeah. I think intuition is your higher intelligence. Mm. It is your guiding mechanism. Yeah. The mind and the ego is not that. No. So if you're full of thoughts of aggression mm. and anger and oh, 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 yes. this is not the driver mm. of truth. Mm. But if you know intuitively, mm. calmly, mm. you've collected yourself, you've settled yourself, mm. you need to just speak up yeah. in a very sort of concerted and controlled mm. manner. That's right. This is coming from a sort of much deeper power. Mm. It tends to be in life when you talk from that place, mm. the right words come, mm-hmm. it comes across in the right way, people listen. Now, often as well, mm. you don't get that. But do you know what? You don't get to control people's response. All you get to control is how you want to conduct yourself. Well, that's life, you know? right? And that's life in general, right? The only person you can really, you're really in charge of, if you let that control element go, is yourself. Really, that's the only person you should try and control. Dude, you know? totally, totally, totally. And if you're going to speak yeah. up, just do it calmly. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you know, being the way I am, I probably speak yeah. up more often yeah. than someone like Liam would, because yeah. <laughs> you're just nicer than me. Um, and but also, I think it, you know, sometimes people are really getting in the way in a mm. session. I think that a true cook is someone who's not mm. not noticing that there are rules to be upheld. Yeah. And wouldn't we love it as surfers that we could have surf utopia? I would. Everyone gets an equal yeah. amount of waves, and everyone's getting along, yeah. and people understand each other in the lineup, yeah. and no one's dropping in. Is it realistic? No. Yeah. But can we all get a little bit better? 
Hell yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah. Definitely. Let's love each other a little bit more. Yeah, totally, mate. Totally. But not while you're sat in your pants, thank you. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm in my pants right now, so maybe not right now. <laughs> if I go for a wee in a moment as well through this place where we're recording this podcast, they're like, what the hell No, there will definitely be doing? a call made to the local constabulary. Yeah. Yeah. So number five of a true kook on the Mindful Surfer podcast is constant search for an illusionary perfection. I had a Tolstoy quote someone. This is highbrow. This is very highbrow, mate. We're getting to Tolstoy. And you helped me pronounce that, correct? Mm. I said Tol, Tolstoy. Tolstoy. I couldn't say it. Tolstoke. Tol, Tolstoke. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Leo Tolstoy or Tolstoke uh, quoted, if you look for perfection, you'll never be content. It's like a mirage, isn't it? In the desert, mm. you know, the perfect wave, the perfect board, the perfect setup, um, perfect water temperature. Perfect mm. amount of times you get to go surfing, mm. perfect amount of hours you get to surf in each session. Yeah. The list of things that we want as surfers mm. goes on mm. and on and on and mm. on and on. And on one respect, from one mm. angle, it's very healthy. Because mm-hmm. goodness me, if we didn't want anything as surfers, mm. that would be weird. Mm-hmm. You'd have lost like some of the mm. stoke. Yeah. So much of the stoke. Mm. In looking at the next board, the next mm. trip you want to yeah. go on, who you want to surf with, and all these kind of things. That's so much of the stoke yeah. of surfing. Mm. But it can become a disease. Mm-hmm. I think someone's the mindful surfer in this way when they're conscious of when they're doing it. Mm. To the level that it's making them unhappy to not have the thing that they think they Completely. need. Yeah. Because you've talked about this. Mm. This is this big distinction mm. between a need and a want. Mm. As we start to go, oh, I need to, mm. I really need to find some decent waves. Mm. Oh, you know, I really need to get mm. my board sorted out because mm. this board's shit. Mm. I really need to. And we use that word need and it is absolutely not a need. A need is food, yes. shelter, water. Exactly. Maybe someone to love. Yeah. Or be near mm. you or friend. Mm. Or like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, let's be really honest. These mm. are wants. Yeah. It's desire, isn't it? It's desire. And it's also a disconnection from what you've got. <laughs> total disconnection um, and I think that's the so like you say because this is not preachy you should be doing this and this is wrong and that's it's checking ourselves in a way the awareness of you know I was even saying to, to Will earlier oh yeah imagine a warm you know that to be in warm waves somewhere warm beach warm air because it's cold at the moment here. Uh, and it doesn't have to you know you should really be grateful for well yesterday was an epic day of surfing and we had a great surf we are where we are and uh, being grateful for that is it's hard work sometimes to kind of really return to that place. It's a great place to be once you sort of sit into it and think, well, I'm just happy. We're happy where it is. Beautiful, dude. It makes me mm. think of an Aristotle quote, which mm. is success is getting what you want mm. and happiness is wanting what you get. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's easier said than done because the ego is constantly on the lookout mm. for desire. Mm-hmm. Desire, desire, mm. want, want. What do I not have mm. is what it's always looking for. Mm-hmm. So now is not enough mm. to the ego. Yeah. You see? Mm. The ego is constantly in future mm. or past. Mm. And that's the very definition of if, you, if you're if you in ego, mm. in your mind, mm. and you're always sort of on this kind of Ill- constant search for the illusionary mm. future, you know you'll be there because your, your now moment isn't good enough. Mm. That's the way mm. to know discontent is creeping mm. into your life. That's right. Um, and we can all do it. I, you know, I did this loads in my 20s. I still do it in my 30s. And this is kind of so much a while I wrote mm-hmm. my book on, on happiness mm. because- this discontent of never being at peace with life pervaded into all areas of my mm. life, in particular as well in my, in my surfing. So mm. when, when I used to live in London mm. uh, in my 20s, London was shit. I mm. needed to get down onto the coast. Mm. Okay. Once I was finally on the coast, mm. the waves were messy. Mm. 
Then I had to get back to London. Mm. And that pattern carried on. And I was mm. not content. And then even when I got on a surf trip, mm. the waves were too crowded. Mm-hmm. When I then got back into England, the waves were messy and they were cold again. Even having practiced gratitude so much in the last five years of being mm. so much more at peace with life and realizing that really the only thing that could take me away from peace is my own mind. Mm. Even having practiced that with a very high level of discipline with things mm. like meditation, mindfulness practice, being aware, journaling, gratitude journaling, which we're going to come to. Mm. I think it's a very powerful exercise, mm. writing down the things that you're grateful for, mm. having experienced, let's say, that day or whatever. We're going to come mm. to that later on. But even having practiced all of that, it's still amazing how my ego can can forget that it's always on the lookout for this illusionary destination of I'll be happy when. Even having moved back to the coast, which I did two mm. years ago, I'm by the coast now where I wanted to be for 12 years, you know. Mm. Oh, I'm unhappy because... Mm. I'm not by the coast. Well, mm. now I'm actually here. Guess what? My mind, if I'm not conscious yeah. of it, is on the lookout for better waves. Yeah. Because the waves in Sidmouth call into my mind are shit sometimes wow. and they're not good enough for me. That's so this, this is, what you've got to notice is this is never, ever going to end. This mind that's always, always, always on the lookout for things to be unhappy about until you become aware of it. Mm. Until you practice this aspect of what do we have? Mm. What is working? What What is fun about mm. this experience? And when you really ground yourself in that, it just makes life so much more fun and interesting. Oh, way more. I mean, but it's hard because we're humans, aren't we? And we totally. kind of, and the mind is a powerful voice to keep saying, well, are you sure you're happy? Look totally. at that over there. Exacerbated, you know, that's my sort of thing that I often talk about is that because, you know, we are consumers of the world of social media and we're marketed to all of the time. Mm. And, you know, even in the looking at things you're interested in on like Instagram, for example, it always, if you follow enough people in warm places with beautiful healing waves, you're bombarded with that. And when you are getting badger claw on your hands and you're paddling, trying to get out of the water on a December day and it's cold and it's gnarly and it's a bit blown out and the wind's howling and the you're getting the joy from the ocean, don't get me wrong, but you've got to sort of really set back and appreciate that because it's not sandy beaches and warm seas, certainly not in, in this country and definitely not throughout the winter months. But we're marketed that version of surfing, a lot of, you know, bodies and sunshine and peeling waves and endless joy. Everywhere is endless summer, isn't it, when you look on a surf media at times? So that can also interfere or interrupt that gratitude. Mm. So it's that fine line of admiring it. And, you know, Will and I consume loads of that media, you know, of uh, surf magazines and looking at surf trips and looking at kit and all of that stuff. But it's that line between not having that making you unhappy and just having it there as an awareness, you know. So that's something we can do, but it's it's not going to make me unhappy now. But it definitely tests the limits of it a lot. Absolutely love that. This is being able to kind of look at a surf mag, get inspired. Mm. Yeah. And then notice when the inspiration is starting to slip into something else. Because you know you're in the right place. If it's a gentle want yeah. and not slipping to need, yeah. it's because it feels good to yeah. think about, oh, the trip, this, 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 you know, maybe sunnier yeah. climbs, we can go with these friends, yeah. whatever. That's a very inspiring feeling. Gets you thinking about saving money, working on your fitness, looking at, you know, your job situation, yeah. whatever. It gets all the feel-good juices mm. going. Where it starts to slip to ego and need mm. is when we compare it against our lifestyle and go, oh, if we start to sort of basically con- contrast and compare mm. with that being the comparison. Quote unquote, yeah, quote unquote better mm. than now, because the future can't be better mm. than now. You may have, you know, a surfer sitting with me right now mm. and just argue straight up mm. with me and say, Will Foster, you are telling me mm. that right now, mm. the mental ways <laughs> next week yeah. is not going to be better than yeah. right now. 
I would straight up say no, because wherever you go, there you are. Mm -hmm. It will be me mm. in the mental ways. Mm. So if my mindset, it still isn't adjusted to what I do have. Mm. Well, guess what? I'll focus on the fact that there's 50 guys mm. and girls frothing for one little peak in the mental ways. No matter what happens, if we can't check in with the mindset being everything, I'm going to take me everywhere. Dude, I've been in the Canary Islands, looked at the cameras here and thought, oh, wow. It's good at home. You know? Dude, um, totally. And that's wrong, right? What do you mean? Sorry, I'm, I'm confused. You mean you, you look at it? So you go somewhere lovely and there's, you're, you're on holiday and it's a few family there and there's a few waves, not brilliant, but, but then you start thinking, oh, what's it like at home? Oh, I see. Yeah. And suddenly, suddenly, yeah. you're in, you've gone away for this great time. Of course. And you, you're unhappy that you're not. Big time because you're thinking about all your mates. To be fair, I'm a whole, I quite like just being in my, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. down the local. Yeah, it's like a pub, isn't it? Yeah. Way down the local. Yeah. 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 Like, no, that's a good one. I like that one. It's the comparison of like, yeah. oh, all, all the lads back yeah. home, all the lasses. It's always are, that are scoring back home. That it's fun somewhere else. That's that. That you say that search for. It's fear of missing out stuff, isn't it? Totally fear of missing out stuff. And I think that this, this is just kind of as an exercise you can do mm. to help with this and become more contented with life. Is gratitude journaling, and I recommend this a lot in my book, filling the happiness gap, which you can find on mm. Amazon and other good book and retailers. Other good book retailers. It's to sit in the evening right before bed and just kind of write down anything between mm. one and 20 things, whatever you can think of, that was good about the day. Mm. It's a way of, even on a, on a synaptic level within your brain, I mean, research shows gratitude exercises create a groove pathway mm. um, in your mind to the focus centers of the brain on what is good about your life. Mm -hmm. So you're basically training your mind, it's like a mind gym, mm. to become more aware of, of what is good about your life and your day and, and everything. This is what's really humbling is there's just so much more good about our days than there is bad. Barring, you know, you've just been told you've got terminal cancer mm. and you've just lost your leg mm. and you crashed your car. I mean, we're talking like extremes aside. Yeah. Most yeah. days are, are good. Mm. And mm. the majority, mm. you know, when you really trace through all the little things that had to work, mm. even to the point of your car mm. started that morning, mm. to the fact that you went for a piss and mm. it didn't hurt. Mm. You know, I mean, I could go on and on and on. This could mm. be like, I could give you like a thousand things that have been good about my day. If I'm not conscious of those things, the mind has this, what, what psychologists call a negativity bias. Yes. So this is where we've got to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. We as humans are biased towards the negative because mm. it's the way our mind is structured. Mm. It's always trying to survive. Mm. So why mm. we've evolved as humans mm. is we're looking to seek mm. out, oh, no, is there a line around mm. that, mm -hmm. that hedge? Is there a, mm. you know, you know, where am I going to get my next mm. meal? Da, da, da. So what we've got to do is we've got to almost sort of um, evolve out of our evolution. Mm into a new evolution. Mm. And this is where human consciousness is going. Because mm. people are starting to see that if you have this thing called awareness, can be aware mm. and choose to be aware of what is good about, mm. you know, your days, your life, your surfs, mm. whatever. Um, and broadly, it's good. If you're in the ocean, whether it's my little slop of one to two foot mush burger, or you are, you know, a pipeline, then um, it's just being happy that you're in. That's it. Right? Would you surf pipeline though? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I love how that no just I'd sit in the lineup no. and just look like a really polite surfer, letting everybody else go. Just like pretending. No, after you, dude. After yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I've done it loads of times. Don't yeah, worry about that's it. it. That's it. I've got to be honest, yeah. I would love to just be in there just to kind of see what it looks like and what it hit, sounds yeah. like and the feeling of it just from the side and not really. I'd surf it on a flat, on a flat day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go out to, I think we both have mm. big dreams about this podcast, mm. don't we? And I, and we've got this idea we want to do. We want, we want to produce a movie mm. uh, one day. Um, and I'd love to be that intermediate surfer who does get his surfing up to a level where you know he or she mm. can go out at not eight foot pipe or eight mm. to ten but we're talking like four to six but good pipe solid pipe mm. be able to like get shacked 
Mm. I'd love that. Mm. So I've got big, big dreams. Mad, big, 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 big dreams of, of getting really, really shacked one day. And on that, from Coop to Kelly. Nice. <laughs> you like that? From Coop to Kelly. Very, very in good. In... 12 weeks. In 12 weeks. More like R. Kelly. Than, yeah, yeah. Than Kelly, so to speak. Although that takes it down a whole different yeah, tangent, yeah, doesn't yeah. it, with R. Kelly? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, listen, dude, another great show. I mm. love doing these shows. I hope that you at home or wherever you've been listening to this, you know, maybe you're driving to the waves or you're at work or mm. whatever, that you've been enjoying this. And um, any parting thoughts, Glenn? Well, you know, embrace your inner kook. Be happy. Go easy. Enjoy the waves. And, um, yeah, enjoying it too. It's a good ride so far. Definitely. Good ride. I'm enjoying it. Guys, that's us for this week. We'll be back next week. Good night. And God bless. <laughs> good night. God bless. Absolutely. Well said. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.